New Book Alert! <laughs> Listen, we are starting a new book, the book of Philippians, verse by verse. We're going to go through this book, a book from the Apostle Paul and Timothy. Don't leave Timothy out there, but the Apostle Paul here. And it's to the church in Philippi. And this is such a, a special group of believers to him. It's one of the first churches he started in kind of Europe and started through a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth down by the river. She was praying and they came together and they shared the gospel. And so Lydia kind of became a part of the beginning and this cornerstone of, of what became the church and the people of God in Philippi. But the apostle Paul, once again, has found himself in prison. And he is writing this letter to this church in Philippi, most likely around 62 AD in prison, most likely in Rome. And he's kind of basically on death row, not fully. That's what ultimately ends up happening. He does end up dying uh, at the end. You know, we all do. And um, but he's he's very much alive and continues to share the gospel. So think about this for a second. I want you to imagine that you're in prison for sharing the gospel. That that's the reason you're in prison. Not because you did something bad, wrong, stupid. That you're in prison because you love Jesus so much that you want other people to have the invitation to experience salvation and hope and joy and peace and life for them. And the Apostle Paul's in prison. And you would think in this letter that he's just like, really down in the dumps and he's, he's just really agonizing over the realities that, that he, he's a prisoner and woe is me. I'm a prisoner. I was trying to do the right thing and nobody loves me and God doesn't love me. Not at all. He's actually saying, I want to write this letter to you to let you know that I'm doing great and that God is actually using this for his glory and purposes so that more people know who Jesus is. And, and I'm filled with joy and I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you in some things so that you will continue to stay anchored to Christ. And I just want to ask you as we kind of dive into the book of Philippians, where are you at in your faith? How anchored, how joyful, how hopeful are you even in the midst of the trials and potentially suffering or persecution that being a follower of Jesus in this life holds for you? Are you, I mean, how you doing with that? We need more of that joy. I need more of that joy and that peace. One of my favorite, um, personally, like one of my favorite passages for my heart and mind is in chapter four. And, and I'm just, oh, I just love his attitude and his heart to be, you know, to rejoice and to be joyful in all occasions. And so... I want to radiate genuinely through the spirit of God inside of me, the same spirit of God that the apostle Paul had, the same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, as Paul says to the Ephesian church. I want to have that same powerful spirit welling up joy and love and peace in my life, pouring out onto others around me. And so he starts in chapter one, verse one of Philippians by just not only saying who he is, but he, he, he just gives this blessing, very customary for Paul. Uh, but he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. He doesn't say apostle. There's a sense of humility. There's a, there's a deep sense of, he is an apostle, but he and Timothy saying, we're just servants in Christ. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus 
at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. The overseers being these spiritual uh, overseers, the elders overseeing the spiritual care of the people of God in that area and region, in the church there. And the deacons help serve their servants. That's what that means, deacons. Their servants kind of helping carry out what the, the overseers, the elders, say is needed for the spiritual care of the body to help make sure that the, the body's getting what it needs and also that the overseers can focus primarily on the spiritual needs of the church. And so uh, he says, this is, this is to all of you there, the body of Christ, the people of God in Philippi. Again, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Okay, that's really noteworthy because uh, it's not about a, a particular... Uh, group on a Sunday morning at a building. It's the people of God in that area, in that region, because that's the way God views the church. And so they're connected together and they meet together. Um, but he says, I, I'm writing this to you and, I, and I'm praying. He says in verse two, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I've, I've asked this before, but how much grace do you want and how much peace do you want? He says, Grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the source of grace and peace. That's a beautiful blessing. I pray grace and peace over your life, that the grace of God fills your life. The peace of God rules your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I need that. I need more of it. And how about you? So, this is just kind of where we're starting out and um, I'm excited to dive in today. We'll cover all the way through verse 11 and, uh, and just looking at Paul's heart. He has deep affection for the church in Philippi for a few reasons. Like I said, not only historically one of the first churches in that region to be established that, you know, kind of in his missionary work, but the people of God in that region of Philippi have been some of his most loyal supporters, encouragement, prayer, and financially. And he mentions that in this book. And so they've just delivered, while Paul's in prison in Rome, they've just delivered another um, kind of round of resources. Because when you're in prison, a few things happen in the Roman Empire. Uh, First of all, there's a stigma. Okay, this is a, a lowers your social status, usually like, separate myself from them. They're in prison. Um, I don't want to associate with them. I don't want to be on bad terms with Rome. I don't want to be friends with Rome's enemies because that makes me an enemy. But the, the people of God at Philippi stay loyal as brothers and sisters in Christ to the apostle Paul for his suffering in the sake, for the sake of the gospel. They continue to stay partners with him and they continue to even put their money where their mouth is and say, we support you. You see the apostle Paul, he made some tents. He was a tent maker here and there. And so, uh, but most of the time he was living off of the financial support through the love and provision of the people of God to fuel and sustain the mission work of the apostle Paul to spread the gospel and to help make and grow disciples, to build up the body of Christ. As we know, the apostle Paul did a lot of teaching and a lot of equipping 
and he and and it's really important. And so, uh, what we're still experiencing and reaping the blessings of the way that the Apostle Paul was able to to put his full time energy most of the time into ministry, even while he's in prison, they didn't turn their back on him. The people of God at Philippi continue to pour in their support. And he's just received the support. He's filled with gratitude. And he's he's not just sending back a, a, a fundraising letter, thank you, although that is very much what this is. But it's deeper than that because he goes on to just pour out encouragement spiritually on them and build them up and challenge them to consider what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible, his attitude to focus to, to think about others than himself while he's sitting in prison for this. And so you, you, get, you hear this heart posture that he has. You hear the mindset that he has throughout the, throughout the whole four chapters of Philippians. He's just pouring out love and encouragement and joy. He's just like, it's almost over the top. But he's got such credibility because of the suffering and persecution that, persecution that he's experiencing. So let's continue. Let's pick up in verse three of chapter one in Philippians. And the apostle Paul says this to the church in Philippi, and I hope it encourages you. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Okay, this is again, this word joy is going to be a huge theme. It's going to be mentioned over a dozen times, either joy or rejoice. Um, in this four chapters, that's a lot of times for four chapters. And he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I mean, there, there's, there, there's such joy in my life for those who I know love Jesus and want to encourage me in my walk with Jesus and want to support me in various ways as I continue to try to share the hope of the gospel and teach others about Jesus. Oh, it brings me such joy. Like when I think about it, I, I pray, like I resonate with this because I think of these people and I'm like, oh, they bring me such joy and encouragement because I know that they're partners in the gospel, not just financially, but they, they're praying for me. They're praying for the gospel to continue to spread. And, I, and, and I, I'm praying for them with joy because of their partnership in the gospel. Like there's such, there's such, oh, there's such joy in that. Like, I just, I really deeply resonate with that. I don't know if you have people like that in your life that you, when you think of them, you pray for them and you're just filled with joy and it's an encouragement just to know their existence. Like literally just to know that they care and love Jesus so much that they're willing to continue to sacrifice whatever is needed to live a life faithful, not perfect, but faithful to the calling of Christ. He says, oh, there's such joy because I know your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident, verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We need to understand that, that it is God who wills and works in our lives to accomplish the good works that he's prepared in advance for us to live into. But we have to make that choice. So it's God doing the real work and he's desirous to continue it all the way until Jesus returns till we meet him in, in our death physically as we come back to life through the resurrection that, that he promises us. 
um, or until Jesus returns, if we're still alive here. But he says, God's going to complete that. If you just stay focused on him, he'll, he'll, he'll finish the work he has set out beforehand to do in your life. It's him doing the work. But are you going to continue to live into it? Is it something you long for? Is it something you're striving for? Is it something you, you desire for your life? To say, man, my life exists to live out the will and the glory of God and all of his glorious plans. They may not look glorious. Paul's plan was not to sit in prison for his ministry work. He thought that he had much greater things to be doing. But he says, I I find myself here in prison and yet God isn't done yet. He's not done with me. And I am assured of this, that he is not done with you. He will complete the work that he started in you. And, uh, and that's exciting. There's, there's, there's a purpose for which you live. There's something deeper driving you forward that I think is, is really important. Let's pick up in verse seven. He says, it is right for me to feel this way. I'm not being over the top. I'm not being too exuberant. I'm not being too dramatic or exaggerating. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. In this case, he's doing both. He's in chains and defending and confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. This grace isn't just for me, Paul says. It is for us, all the people of God. It's not just for the apostles. It's for you. It's for him. It's for me. It's for for all of God's people. Verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. These are not accidental words. Listen, how do you feel about the people of God in your life? Is there deep love, longing, and affection to to be with them and not just to gather in the same room, although that may be a part of, of how we gather, but like that you long to be with them. You long to to share life, to, to share your love with them, to encourage them, to, to know how to be praying, to know what they need, that you long for them with the affection that is in Christ Jesus. Have you ever even thought of that word in regards to the people of God? I mean, honestly, I, I got to be real with you. Like I, I see people have more love and affection for sports teams than they do for the people of God for the body of Christ, for the church. Like, like they spend more time, more potentially, more money, more uh, conversations, more, more talk, more excitement, more joy. They get enthusiastic about sports teams. They get down in the dumps when things are bad. They get a mountaintop experiences when things are good for sports teams. And we're talking about, we're talking about the people of God that are unified and saved and given this hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving work of Jesus. Do you have affection, joy, love, deep longing for the people of God the way Paul does? I think this is something that most of us have a lot of room to grow in. And so I would encourage you to to be challenged by Paul's attitude toward the people of God at Philippi. I, I think this is really challenging. And then he says this prayer in verse nine, okay, nine, 10, 11. He says, and this is my prayer. Now he says a few prayers for the Philippians, even in this, but, but he says, this is my prayer that your love. Okay. What's he focusing on? Love. 
Okay, you, you need to understand how important love is because God is love. And the two greatest commands is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus by the way that we love one another. This is my prayer, Paul says, that your love may abound, may overflow more and more in knowledge and depth of insight that you may understand. Like this is what he says, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He says, are you ready for Jesus to return? And when he finds you on that day, when you meet Jesus in his full glory on judgment day, will he find you filled with love for God and for his people and a heart desiring to share that love and hope and salvation with more people. And Paul says, I'm praying that that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you'll grow in the depths of your love and understanding of God's love for you so that you may have a greater capacity to share that love with one another and with those around you, even those who seem far from Jesus Christ who seem like enemies of the cross, that you will have love for your enemies, that you'll pray for those who persecute you. Remember, Paul's in prison and he's praying this and he's like, and he's about to expound on it. In our next, in our next episode, we'll, we'll dive in more into how Paul's living this type of love, hope, joy, attitude out in his local context as a prisoner for Christ Jesus in chains. Hey, but I, I just want to leave you with this. Like, how are you doing? How are you, where's your mindset at? Are you, are you filled with joy because of what God has done for you and the grace and the peace that he has poured out on your life to save you from your sins, to give you a purpose and a hope, to give you a love that is deep, to give you a partnership with other people, not just a personal purpose, but a unified purpose that we are together. We're striving as one for the sake of the gospel. Are you living into that? Are you leaning into that? Are you striving for that? Are you praying for that? Are you praying for God's people? Are you rejoicing and praying and thanking God for the people that you say are partners in the gospel with you, that you get an opportunity to partner with? I'm so grateful. Like, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this, would you be willing to like send me just a short message saying like, I'm praying for you. So then, then, then what's cool about that is that I get to be praying for you too by name, whether you comment below or whether you send me an email, better equipped with Cody at gmail.com. Again, better equipped with Cody at gmail.com. Just, just, just one sentence saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. Thank you for being a partner in the gospel. Like, Oh man, I'm so like that would, that would be so just that little bit. You can say more if you want. I, I don't need you to flower me with words. I'm just saying like, is that one way that you can just even practice this? And I'm going to tell you, I'm praying for you, but I'd love to know by name. 
like, who can I be praying for? So you don't have to, um, but I know that I would love to see that come through and just see your name and be able to, pr- I would literally I see it. I'll read it. I'll pray for you right then. And there, if there's things and specific ways that I can be praying for you in your faith and in, in your journey with Jesus, I will do it. I promise I'm committed to it. I, I promise if I see your name pop up, I guarantee you that I will be praying for you specifically and by name with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. And so maybe you need encouragement. Maybe you just uh, want to just celebrate how good God is in your life and your, your realization of really just how incredible it is that we have hope in this life in spite of our sin, which leads to death. But Jesus paid for our sin through his life and death on the cross. He conquered death through his resurrection, that we have life and his spirit living inside of us. Like, that is such good news. And so, oh man, I hope that this is just the beginning of, 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 a, of a verse by verse going through the book of Philippians that, that encourages you, that fills you with joy, that ignites your faith to go live out your faith and share the gospel with others as Paul is modeling for us and encouraging the Philippian church and the people of God like us to do. So uh, I'm so grateful for you. I'm excited to jump in further. We'll pick up in verse 12 next and uh, share this out with others. In- invite people to go on this journey through Philippians with you, with me. And uh, let's see what the spirit of God does in our hearts and li- lives. We'll see you soon.